G'day friends, welcome back. Well, COVID might be just about as out of control as it has ever been in Australia. Um, we, you know, the entire Eastern Seaboard is experiencing tens of thousands of cases every single day, which is not something we've experienced before. This Decepticron variant is totally uh, overwhelming our entire medical system. Uh, so not good news on that front, but some good news, something for us to, to look at and something to remind us what there is to lose should we enter another period of lockdown. The football has returned. Yes, the AFLW season has begun. I love, love, love that it starts in January now because now I only have to wait about three months from when the men's football finishes to when the women's football starts. Because by the time the women's season finishes, we'll be running right into the boys. And now I hardly have to wait at all each year between football seasons. So I'm a happy, happy boy. And round one for the AFLW was pretty good. Like not, not any close games at all, but the scoring was relatively high. It was good, especially for round one. Like round one, boys or girls, it's usually a bit scrappy. You know, first game back for the year... Figuring out new game plans, new teammates, all of that. It always happens. I'm sure it's... I don't really follow any other sports, but I'm sure start of a new season for any sport. People are rusty, right? And you'll often get that. But for, for this round one, I thought it was really, really good. There was some really unfortunate um, injuries, which I'll get to. Yeah, often... It's another thing about round one. It, there seems to be a disproportionate number of very serious injuries in round one, um, which is, which is you know, injuries are the worst thing about our game, for sure, especially, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it in a bit, but Brianna Davies done her ACL and her MCL, and, you know, those ACL injuries are just the most senseless, horrible injury, I think, in our game, because they are so innocuous, you know, that they can, they can be done doing Absolutely nothing. Turning a corner, you do it just a little bit wrong, and you're done. 12 months. And especially like 12 months for some of these AFLW girls, some of the ones who haven't been out, you know, they've only just started playing in their latter years, you know, of an athlete's life. It's, it's a really, really unfortunate thing, but I will get to that. Um, but yes, overall, a very, very exciting start to the football year. Let's get into it. So let's go back and talk about Friday night, a, a, a game that I am less bullish about. Um, 
the Tigers victorious by 38 points over a very disappointing St Kilda. Now, as as always, boys football and girls football, I'm going to give a slightly disproportionate amount of time to the St Kilda Football Club. That's just the way it is. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. So, I don't have any real expectations at all for this year. Um, for three reasons. One, Nick Del Santo. I'm, I'm excited about what he's going to bring as a coach long term, but any coach in their first year, it's rare that they're going to do well. It's rare. It does happen. Um, you know, Chris Scott, it happens. Um, but I think there's going to be teething issues. Um, it, he, he hasn't, he hasn't coached at all before period. He's stepping straight into coaching um, an AFLW side, so it's going to be a steep learning curve for him. Um, I hope he has a firm enough personality when required um, that you need to be a good coach. I'm sure he's a super nice dude, so I'm sure he's going to be. You know, he's going to have a great relationship with the players. He's got great knowledge of the game. Obviously, he was a very very good player. Um, understands it all very well, so that pro- that isn't going to be an issue. But the the other the other part where he's got to be got to be hard sometimes, where he's got to be, you know, a real leader, someone the girls want to play for, someone they want to get behind. That will uh, that remains to be seen, and also his ability to troubleshoot. Now on Friday, we were very good in the first quarter. The first quarter was really good football. Um, two goals apiece, St Kilda led by just one point at the first break, and then the game completely got away from us in the in the remaining three quarters. And when it got to half time, and we had hardly gone inside fifty in that second quarter, that's where I'm looking for him to adjust things. When Monique Conti is totally getting off the chain in the midfield, Poppy Kelly is really dominating in the ruck. When we're having a lot of issues, um, our our decision-making is really off. That's where I'm looking for him to make changes, right? Kate McCarthy's had no influence on the game. You inject her into the midfield, maybe. You know, I love the idea of Tilly Lucas Rod in the midfield. That makes a lot of sense, especially with uh, the other two issues that I'm going to get to, the two of our best midfielders being out for the year. Um... That makes a lot of sense, but you know you got to be you got to be flexible. You got to shuffle things around. Yeah, you might be sacrificing something, taking Tilly out of the midfield, but as well as it was going from her perspective as as a unit, as a midfield unit, it wasn't working. As an and as a backline unit, it wasn't working. So I think it would have been beneficial to take her back into the backline. Um, whether she's done a lot of preseason stuff there, we don't know. Um, but yeah, I think when the game was very clearly getting away from us, like they'd only kicked two unanswered goals in that second term. So it wasn't a complete disaster, but in the women's game where the scoring is often relatively low, two goals can be hard to get back from, you know? So I I was looking for a little bit of troubleshooting there. I didn't see it. It's only his first game as coach. I'm not going to criticize too heavily. And what it is going to do, it's going to teach him a lot. He is going to learn so much from this game. He's going to learn how to manage his players within a game a lot better. 
Um, and yeah, it'll be really good for him long term. But yeah, I was. I mean, I'm not going to say I was disappointed with his coaching performance because, like I said, it was his first game. I'm not going to be too harsh, but that's that's what I would have liked to have seen um, was some sort of flexibility. Um, he may have done little things that weren't super obvious. Watching on telly, he might have shuffled a couple of things around, changed maybe the, the game style rather than the actual positioning of players. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, that he's going to learn a lot in terms of in-game coaching from that performance. Yeah, the, the, the second and third issue that we're going to have this year are Tiana Smith and Georgia Patrikios being out. So Tiana Smith did her ACL in the preseason. Nothing you can do about that. As I said, ACLs just fucking suck and they just happen sometimes. So she's out for the year. Um, this only would have been her second season, but she had shown so much last year. She was already, you know, in our top five best players. She's an absolute gun. So missing her uh, is a real shame. She would have developed even more this year. And it was her and Patrikios, the way that they were playing together last year, that had me and all the Saints fans who follows the who follow the girls so excited. The way that the two of them were playing together, using each other, the the handball chains, the ball movement, the pressure that they were like hitting the scoreboard, both of them. It was really exciting. And now Smith out with the knee and Patrikios out with not getting vaccinated. I'm not going to comment politically on this. Um, she is just currently, um, you know, doing research as people who aren't back say, oh, I've got to do my own research. She's talking to people and she's still making up her mind. The more time that passes, the less confident I am that she's going to get back to return to the game. Um, but really the way that the rules are going in the world, someone who isn't vaxxed, you're not going to be able to do anything at some point. So I think it's going to be as, as steadfast as some of them are, it's going to be almost impossible to live your life if you aren't vaccinated. And I, I'm not wild about that because I am, you know, I do believe people should be able to make up their own minds about things. Um, but this is not just about individuals. This is about everyone looking after everybody. You know, getting vaccines isn't just about your own health. It's about everybody's. So I really, really hope she comes around and gets vaxxed. Uh, no matter what, we won't see her this year. She hasn't done a preseason. And if, even if she did get her first vax, let's say she got it right this second, I think the season, I don't know, I don't know what the time rules are now between first and second vax. Um, but I think the season would end or be close to ending at least before she could get her second jab anyway. So we are not going to see either of those girls this year, which is such an enormous shame because I think Patrikios, um this season would have, would have, you know, cemented herself as a top three player in the comp. I really believe that. There's two different types of, you know, the top level players in this competition. There's the more experienced ones, Aaron Phillips, Brianna Davey, um, Kiara Bowers, and then you got the younger ones, um, Maddie Presparkis, Monique Conti, and I think Patrikios would have, you know, become one of these younger ones who's an absolute 
gun. She was ready to take that next step. Not to be, unfortunately. Can't do anything about it. Um, we just have to wait and see what decision she makes. So, yes, that that is that enormously inhibits St Kilda's ability to do well this year. It's basically like Melbourne losing Petrarca and Oliver for the entire season. That's effectively, you know, what's happening there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought there were, you know there were positives about St Kilda's game. I thought Tani White was excellent, um, probably the get- best game of her career. I, I, like I said, I really liked Tilly in the middle. I thought she was good. Um, Hannah Priest as captain. I don't know if I've said it yet on the podcast. I love that decision. Um, if it were up to me, that you know they had the four captains last year, which is fine. But I think. If they're going solo, she was the way to go, and she was she was pretty good. She had a lot of work to do in the back line um, because the, the Tigers just kept bloody pumping it in there. Um, yeah, it, yeah. apart from that, it was a pretty lean performance. Oh, and I thought Olivia Vesely coming back from injury was also very good. Um, but yeah, just, just some of the decision-making, especially under any kind of pressure, was very poor. Um, and inside 50, not very good. And then just the the inability to be able to kick at goal from outside 35 metres really hurt us. Um, we, we need to get the ball in um, Grise's hands. She, she, was, she was held quite well by her defender. I forget the name of the girl that was playing on her. Um, she had a really tough day. But moving forward, she's got to be, you know, Dal and the other coaches have got to work with her about how to shake those hard tags because she is the one who can kick it from 40 or 50 metres. Right? She's not going to nail it every time, but she's going to get the distance. There was three or four, um, I think all in the second term, that was from sort of 35, 40 metres out, and they were all touched on the line. Just They would have gone straight through, but they were touched on the line, which is a real, real bugger. Um, so yeah, just being able to either get shots from closer to goal or get them in the hands of the girls who can kick that distance is, you know, something that needs to be worked on. Um, I thought Richmond were excellent. I thought they were really, really good. If they continue to play like this, they'll play finals, and that'll be a big step up from one of the teams that entered uh, later in the competition's, you know, existence. That they played with a lot of flow, a lot of freedom, creativity they were bloody accurate 10 goals one i think was what they kicked they were superb um as i said monique conti played a brilliant game the hosking sisters were very good poppy kelly made some kill to look very silly for letting her go especially in the first half for first half before her knee started hurting yeah i thought thought she was very good yeah they i'd be really excited if i was a richmond fan they were very very good the most dominant performance of the round for sure. Um, yeah, very, very, I wasn't surprised that they won per se, but the way that they played definitely surprised me. I didn't expect that from them. They were very, very impressive. All right, on to the next game. The first Saturday game was Geelong versus... Versus. Geelong versus... <laughs> Geelong versus North Melbourne. Probably... I didn't watch every game. This is probably the best game of the round. It was the lowest scoring game. But in terms of the ferocity, oh, it was good. It was really good. And Geelong came to play. Geelong finished bottom or second bottom last year. And they were in front. 
at three-quarter time. They played really, really well. Just North were just a bit too composed, a bit too mature um, right at the end there. Um, but yeah, no, this is a cracking game. I, I think Geelong should be wrapped with how they performed. They're not going to be walked over this year, is what is what they've shown there. You know, North are one of the better teams, or they have been over the last few years. Um and Geelong really took it up to him. I thought it was excellent. And like I said, this game was brutal. It was a really, really entertaining, tough, hard game. And like all the girls' games, you'll often find very high level of intensity. That's always been the case. You know, that's something that I think has been... Like a lot of people have taken a long time to come and, you know, get on board on the bandwagon, if you will of the AFLW because, oh, the skill zone is good, they don't score, blah, blah, blah. it's still, and has always been, very entertaining because of how ferocious they are with the tackling and the bumps and, you know, jumping into packs. Oh, very, very good. And this game especially was extremely exciting. There's, unfortunately, as a result, there was a number of injuries. Um... I, I apologize, I forget the girl's name, but there was a North Melbourne player who went for a, a big mark very late in the last quarter, and she landed on her head really, like she was knocked out cold, really nasty concussion. So she won't play next week, and you know who knows what the long-term effects of that landing will be. And there was a couple of other, there was a head knock, and there was a couple, there was a, uh, I think one of the Geelong players hurt her leg or her ankle or something, but... You know, injuries, it, uh, it's really hard. The girls are trying to make their own way in this game. They're trying to build memberships, fan base. They're trying to, you know, cement their competition, you know, as, as being as watchable and as popular as the men's. So they're not going to hold back. They've never held back. And I wonder if... It might be wise to, I'm sure they do this a little bit, but to introduce coaching around how to continue to play as hard as they have been playing, but limit injuries. There's a way that you can attack a contest whilst protecting your own body. And I'm sure they do a little bit of that, but it might be wise as, as a lot of, now we're getting, you know, what is this, the sixth season of the comp or the fifth, fifth or sixth? And we're now getting to a point where the girls getting drafted have been watching AFLW since the, like before they were teenagers, since when they were little kids. So, and you know, maybe they've played football all throughout high school and maybe they're a lot, you know, more physically capable than the current generation of girls were when they were 18. So now these girls with bigger, stronger bodies and more experienced bodies, and now crashing into these packs, they're more likely to hurt each other. So I think it's really important that they learn a little bit about conservation. I'm sure they do, Like, but I don't know. I just hate seeing them get injured. This is like the, the boys, a, a decent AFL player, as in the men, you know, if, if they're a good player, they're looking at 10, 12-year career average right if they're a good player a lot of them you know plenty don't play at all but if you're a decent player you're looking at that amount of time so 
if you do your knee once in your career, you miss a season, it's not an enormous, you know, issue. But if you're one of these girls who maybe has come from another sport or whatever, maybe you're 27. Maybe you've only got five or six years to play this game and you lose one of them to an injury. Like, you don't want to do that. That's terrible. So I hope, I really, really hope that we see less injuries moving forward, but that the intensity level remains because this game between Geelong and North was excellent. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Uh, the Oh, North Melbourne won, by the way. <laughs> I think I said that. I don't know if I did. By um, eight points. All right. The next game. You probably would have gone into this round thinking this was going to be the game of the round. Uh, Bulldogs versus Melbourne. It was a very interesting um sort of game interesting result as well um melbourne winning by 24 points basically getting out to a very strong start and then being able to hold that lead um they look really good melbourne they look uh, their forward line looks very dangerous now with taylor harris as uh, a new uh, player in there um but yeah they're going to continue to be one of the stronger teams in the competition at some point you'd think with this list that they've got they're going to uh, contend deep into the finals, um, but now they looked really good. Especially, like the Bulldogs are a very good team as well. So to be able to control this game and and win pretty comfortably in the end, they'll be really happy with that. Um, I like the Bulldogs a lot as well. It just wasn't their day. They just got off to a slow start and then had to play catch up, which in in the girls' footy is almost impossible to do. Once you get a few goals behind, it becomes very very difficult to get back uh, and involved in the contest. Another very, very sad injury, Isabel Huntington doing her ACL. She's had ACL issues throughout her career. So, yeah, this is another really sad one. Uh, I, I, I hate ACLs so much. Just such a nothing injury that is so devastating. It absolutely sucks. Um, but now, when they, when they were playing well, the dogs, they weren't too bad. But, yeah, Melbourne just a little bit too, just too damaging. In the forward line, I think they're a bit too dynamic. They've got a lot of good players. So do the Bulldogs. But yeah, Melbourne are just a, a very well-drilled side by now. They're still, you know, Daisy Pierce still getting around. Just about as experienced as it gets. Um, and now, now with Taylor Harris, Melbourne are going to be a very, very serious team throughout this entire season. So yeah, they'll be one to watch for sure. All right. The next game was the Western Derby. And I'll tell you what, I love that the girls have already got this rivalry to the same level of intensity as the boys do. Every single tackle laid in this game was an I'm going to kill you tackle. This is another very, very brutal game. Um, and don't let the, the margin fool you. It was a pretty competitive game. Um, Fremantle just sort of ran away with it in the last quarter. Um, but West, West Coast weren't bad at all. And yeah, it, it was a real tough hard game and within it we've already had what is probably you'd think going to be goal of the year for the AFLW kicked Ebony Antonio in the first quarter kicked it's hard to tell from the footage but it looks like an inside out banana on the run from the pocket at the very least it was from a very very tight angle from the pocket i don't you can't really tell whether it bends or not but it, an extremely high degree of difficulty it was a fantastic goal 
and it'll be very, very hard to beat for the rest of the season. It was an absolute ripper. But uh, yes, West Coast is still one of those younger teams in the comp, and they're still developing. They'll be happy with the level of intensity they bought, but yeah, they're going to, you know, especially in these derbies where it's going to get more and more competitive, they're going to want to start um, having smaller margins and then eventually, you know, winning them, obviously. Um, but yeah, Fremantle are one of those more established teams, very, very good team. They're going to want to start sort of same as Melbourne, sort of getting into into the premiership um, race because it's, it's always been Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton a little bit, Bulldogs, but Fremantle, Melbourne and North Melbourne have all been pretty good for a little while now, so they're going to want to start competing themselves. Um, Fremantle, another team with a new skipper, Hayley Miller. Um, I really like her appointment as well. Um, she played a brilliant game. First game as captain, she was excellent. 24 disposals or something, kicked a goal. She was really, really good. Um, but yeah, the, the margin was significant. Um, 20, 20 something points in the end. Um, but no, it, it wasn't a bad game. Well, you know, another very, very scrappy, tough game for sure. Then we had the grand final rematch and I did not think it was going to go like this this would have been another game where you could have said gee that in round one that's going to be an absolute ripper not the case Adelaide winning 39 to 9 very 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 disappointing game for the Lions given the last time they played was a victory in a premiership against Adelaide um so yeah they'll be they'll be absolutely gutted by this game they, they were really really poor um Adelaide were, were very Adelaide have been the best team in the competition since day one you know on average um and they were back to their best again in this game uh at, at, at what looked like Norwood but gee whiz this time of year very very dry very very brown looked like it could have been in Cooper Pedy um is in stark contrast to the beautiful view you have from a place like Witten Oval um from earlier in the round you had very barren looking over the oval itself looked fine nice and green but the surrounds gee whiz about as dry and dirty as it can get um but yeah there's not a whole lot you can say Brisbane were very very poor and Adelaide were very, very good. Ash Woodland kicked four goals, including a snap, which is also a contender for goal of the year. Not quite as good um, as the other one I mentioned before. But yeah, very, very nice snap from the pocket as well. Yeah, Adelaide were just all all over them, totally in control. Um, you'd think this would be Erin Phillips's last season. Good to see her out and about. Um but yeah, well, Brisbane, I would have expected. I don't know whether they're missing players from that grand final side. I'm not totally on top of all of that. Um, but they were a very different team to what we got on grand final day last year. That's for sure. Only scoring nine points, the lowest score of the round. Um, yeah, they'll be really disappointed with that. If they're going to, you know, compete for another flag again this year, they cannot be playing like this. Definitely not at all for the rest of the season, especially against the good sides. Um, to put up such a, a poor performance against one of the better sides, not a good sign for the year to come for them. We then had the great rivalry, Collingwood versus Carlton. Collingwood victorious by 19 points. This game was fantastic, not because of the game itself, but because I don't think it would matter if you had two Auskick teams 
wearing Collingwood and Carlton jumpers, the Collingwood and Carlton fans would be absolutely feral no matter what. And you could hear them in the coverage going absolutely berserk. It was the only coverage where you could hear the fans, like, berating the umpires, you know, complaining about stuff. It was so funny to hear them being so vocal. You can tell they were bloody keen to have the football back. That's for sure. Um, no, Collingwood, very good. Oh, as I mentioned before, devastating about Brianna Davey doing her ACL and her MCL. Um, that's going to be a sucky, sucky recovery for her. It's, it's terrible when any player has an injury like that, but when it's one of the best players in the competition, it's even more devastating because you just, you know, the amount of talent that's just gone for 12 months that we don't get to enjoy. Um yeah, it's always such a shame. But yeah, no, Collingwood were um, were very, very good. Even even relatively inaccurate, they were still able to win by three goals. So they'll be very happy with this win. They've squared the ledger now. So it's three wins apiece uh, in their little AFLW rivalry. Um, Carlton will be looking to be a little bit more uh, competitive than they were in this game, especially against a rival like Collingwood. Um, you know, if you ask me, I mean, I would probably still say it, but you would think at the moment Carlton are probably a better team than Collingwood. Um, But, you know, when the, you know, Carlton, sorry, Collingwood have brought in now Sabrina Frederick, really good addition. Chloe Malloy is one of the best forwards in the comp. Um, She's out injured now, but Brianna Davey, one of the better players in the comp. So, you know, they've got a lot of really good players now, Collingwood, they've built up, you know, Carlton have still got Press Parkus and Vessio and all their good players. Um, now without Taylor Harris in the forward line, which doesn't help. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Carlton go. Will they start to drop off a little bit as Carlton continue? As oh, fuck's sake, as Collingwood continue to improve. Um, don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. I really wish, I really, really wish that this year they had given the start of the season in January, had a full-length season. And by that I mean had every team play every other team because we still haven't got that. I think we're only doing nine or ten rounds, um, which is a shame. It's not what I would have done. I would have now, now that we're at the stage of the comp that we're at with the final four teams coming in next year, um, I would have every team playing every, every other team once, and that would be a good full season for me um but now it'll be interesting to see how these two teams go and whether this is sort of the trajectory that they're on at Carlton on the way down Collingwood on the way up um yeah don't know but it, it was a, it was an entertaining what like the game was fine the game you know was perfectly all right um but now listening to the fans I, I I found that very enjoyable for sure all right and then the last game of the round was the Giants versus the Suns. Giants getting the job done by 15 points. They played this up in Mackay, I think. Fuck, it would have been hot. Would have been bloody hot. Oof. Screw that. <laughs> um, this is another game that was pretty competitive with just, the, with just the better team sort of running away with it a little bit in the last quarter. I like the way the Giants are playing. They've sort of overhauled their... Their, their, their staff, uh, as in coaching staff, and really changed how they're operating. Um, and they seem like a 
bit more the bit more polished side. Um, so it's good to see them play quite well. Gold Coaster again, another younger team, but they were quite competitive for three quarters, which I think they'll be happy with. Um, yeah, it wasn't a bad game, this one. Again, not a whole lot to say. I think, yes, I think it would have been very unpleasant playing in Mackay, that's for sure. And I think that the Giants will be another interesting team to watch this year. Are they going to sort of move up past... Because like, I said this a lot last year, if you listen to any of my AFLW stuff last year, there's really chunks of teams. You've got all the teams at the top who have been there since the start. You've got the ones in the middle who came in a bit later, and then the ones at the bottom who've come in the most recently. And they really don't move outside of their little bracket from when they entered the competition. So are we going to see a GWS do that and move up and play finals? Are we going to see a Richmond do that and move up and start to get close to playing finals? It's really interesting to watch. Um, but I think they they played very well, the Giants. Um, it shows that they've matured a bit, that they can, you know, take what is a pretty tight competitive game and then, you know, get it out to a comfortable margin in their favour. And I think it also shows a bit of maturity um, for the Gold Coast that they're able to, you know, have a competitive game that was in their reach. Um, I think that's really good for them and good for their development as well. All right, that is round one all done and dusted. I hope you're all as excited as I am that footy has returned. I'm very much looking forward to round two. Um, just one thing before I finish up. Just uh, earlier this evening, the news came out that ex-Melbourne and Fremantle player Harley Ballack um, had passed away, only 25 years of age, I think he was. Um, from what's being said, it seems like he took his own life. Um, never, you know, never something that we want to see happen. Very devastating. He just played. He played a, um, I think he played three or four games for Fremantle and then moved to Melbourne where he didn't play, but, you know, he was still part of the AFL community and there's going to be a lot of people that are very devastated about it. Um, I'm just going to read out the number for Lifeline just because I think it's important. It's 131114. If you or anyone you know is just not doing too great, they, they do really, really good stuff at Lifeline and there's plenty of other organisations that do similar things. Um, yeah, that's a sad note to end on, but you know, it, it just sort of came out earlier this evening. I thought it was worth mentioning the lifeline thing. It's important that people know there are, you know, mechanisms out there to help them. If they don't think they can reach out to family or friends, there are, you know, strangers who, who for a living help people in these situations. So there's always, there's, you know, there's always another option is what I'll say there. All right. Thank you very much for listening guys remember to like and subscribe to the podcast comment and review and tell your friends and all that stuff and i'll catch you this time next week for my review of round two see ya bye